Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Hello there, and welcome to uh, Genuinely Chats. It's Gina Gardner here, and I'm joined, as usual, by my good friend, Rachel Davidson. <laughs> Both of us are number one international bestsellers. Um, I have two. Rachel is just about to publish number two, and hopefully that's going to become yeah. a bestseller. <laughs> this week on the BBC, they've been talking a lot about being single, mm. and we thought it would be a really interesting uh, theme for a yeah. chat. Yeah. And... It's talking about celebrating being single on the BBC and mm -hmm. that sparked conversation between us about whether one should celebrate being single um, and is it that people are making the best of being single or actually that's something to aspire to? Yeah, uh, the BBC I think picked up on it because um, the um, National the Office of National Statistics or the National Office of Statistics, I can never remember which way around it is, but the people that count <laughs> um, have, have released figures that said 40% of the UK population is identifying as being single, yeah. which is a vast number of people, 40%. Um, is that 40% of the adult population? Yeah, yeah, apparently that's across all age, yes. yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, officially yeah. adults, but, and it's across all age ranges, so it's not a particular thing of, uh, of say, let's, let's say 20-somethings. Yes. Well, you can expect an incidence of single singledom. In the same way that if you're talking about the, the, the uh, most aged of the population, you'd expect there to be a higher percentage of single people. Yes, yes. But, but let's say that, um, generally speaking, the demographics of, of between sort of mid-20s and, and your, you know, when you, when you start to reach the age where people start to die, of natural causes, um, uh, there is a higher incidence of singledom in, in that, yes. that section of the population than there ever has been before. And this, this is quite a new dynamic. So it is quite interesting to explore the reasons why. I think there's two very separate things to explore. One is the reason why are so many people single. Yeah. And the second is probably much more complex in that are they single truly out of choice that given everything else they want to be single in the long term mm. or is it a transitory position between relationships or before they meet the right person mm. and uh, when we're talking about celebrating is it about being happy to be in that place because you're living in the moment and making the best of it yeah. or is it truly what people want well that's what caught my attention because they are really leading on the word let's celebrate this being yes. single and and i it's not like i disagree with it because um i think uh, the capability to be with one's own company and be happy with it and not desperate for anybody just a person to stand next to, yeah. no matter who 
the, yes. the quality of life. And I speak of this as somebody who was in a in a in an unhappy marriage for a long time. So I would not tick tick that box of singledom, but I was very alone and unseen and yeah. So so I find this this let's celebrate being single quite quite intriguing really because I've never been a long term single person. I mean. From the age of 23 onwards, I, I've always had a partner. Um, and prior to, to that, I didn't have many um, relationships. And I didn't think of it as, as much of an issue. But there was always a need in me. And I, this is where I get interested in the debate. There was always a need in me, always an expectation that I would find somebody that I could share my life with. And I think that's quite a deep requirement but you've got a different perspective well I don't know that I have actually um I think first and foremost that that when we're children we are or certainly in the past have been brought up to assume that you will find your life partner Cinderella <laughs> uh, and there are people who are thinking of suing Disney for uh, uh raising uh, unreasonable expectations. <laughs> um, I think this is so multi-layered. Yeah. I think that, that your point around our relationship with ourselves has to be a good one. Yes. If you're going to have loving, lasting, interdependent relationships with other people. Yes. And so in that sense, I think it's absolutely right to celebrate the relationship that you have with yourself. Yes. To learn to love and appreciate who you are and to, um, to really validate that you are someone of value, mm -hmm. and someone who is worth being with. Because and maybe I meet people who are, you know, a disproportion of people who, um, who have issues around their relationships because of the work that I do. Mm -hmm. But the vast majority of people that I meet want to be in a loving relationship. Yeah. And I would say that, so would I, and there have been you know, times when I have gone out searching and I've been burnt. And suppose a lot of why I'm not in a relationship is a that I find my work incredibly satisfying, mm -hmm. and time is an issue. And if I'm being really honest, um, that it's safer to stay in my known uh, that the people I that I have been. Uh, had relationships with have very short term ones been boring mm -hmm. um, and and or not had the same core values mm -hmm. um, they've not been the right person for me mm -hmm. so rather than being in a loveless relationship that's not what I want mm -hmm. I would rather be single but it's not that being single is for me the thing that is my would be my end goal Right, so that's the subtlety because because what you've described is worth celebrating. A positive choice not to settle for second best. Second best. Because I meet so many people who are in a relationship that's not satisfying uh -huh. that they're not necessarily ready to work on to um, make it satisfying, or their partner isn't, and you need uh -huh. two to tango. Um, but, you know, the number of people who lurch from one disastrous situation yep. straight into another without thinking about, I'm the common denominator here. What is it about the way I am or the way I behave 
um, that is leading to me having a, an unsatisfactory, unhappy relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I understand that being single is not a bad thing. I don't want our viewers in the business to think that I think that it is. It can be an incredibly satisfying um, place to be. But deep down, I suspect that the vast majority of people want to be loved mm. by someone who really values them. It's quite a, it's positively controversial because it's set in the context of you know a celebration of being single. But but my belief is very much that the that human nature does drive us to have those deep relationships. Now. I'm not saying that you that you know the only state to be in is one where you have a deep and loving relationship all your life because I know that there are people who achieve that for a very short period of time and circumstances or, or whatever mean that they never then find it again. But my belief is that everybody has innate within their their requirements that longing to share and to be <clears throat> loved. Being loved, I think, is a really deep need for us. I really do think that. Beings. Interestingly, there's a lot of talk about, you know, marriages for life, um, and you know, the divorce rate's never been higher. Hmm. We now have people, large numbers of people, who choose not to marry, but to be in a settled relationship, mm -hmm. and they have everything but a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's not been talked about in the past... Or, or written about relationships, and they hold up the past as a great example. Yeah. But I was reading <laughs> something yeah. um, that was talking about the average life of a, yeah. a marriage in Victorian times. Yeah. Now, because of um, women dying in childbirth, yeah. because of illness, because of industrial accident, yeah. the average marriage in Victorian times lasted 10 years. Okay, now there were exceptions to that. Of course. Women on their own were um, a challenge in the sense that if they didn't have money behind them, they then became a call upon their relatives or upon society. Mm, society. You haven't got to go back far in our lifetime when, for example, in India, certain sects um, carried out sooty, yeah. where if you're um, husband died, um, you were thrown on the funeral pyre with him. Mm. Why? <laughs> because it was an economic thing. Oh. That if you didn't, <laughs> that you would then become a charge to his family. Now, for a man, that was different. If your wife died, then you would immediately look for another wife to bring up your children and so on. Yes. So, you know, there's lots of situations, if you go through history, which look at marriage being the ideal, even if within that relationship, you know, your husband drunk um, your wages on a Friday night and, and beat you, the expectation is that you would stay in that marriage because being single was the, particularly for women now, was yeah. seen as a state that was undesirable. <laughs> and you know, even the word spinster uh, has a, a quite a... Well, it has a pejorative um, sense about it, doesn't it? Being it, left it, on the shelf. being yeah, In the sense that bachelor does not. No. You were rejected. You were left on the shelf. 
And I think it's a positive thing that now in the, the 21st century, mm. that if you choose to be single, it is not seen as something that is negative. So you would say that the B, what the BBC's headline should probably be, be turned into is not celebrating being single, but celebrating having choices and not settling. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree with um, that that is a much more, you know, straight to the point kind of headline. Celebrate being single if you are happy in that state. Yes. And you're not fooling yourself in terms of being happy in that state. Yes, yes. You're not staying there because of fear of being hurt yes. or fear of, um, of getting out there. I think then you have to question why, um, what's going on there. But I think there are many people who go into a relationship, the relationship doesn't work. They actually then need that time to recover, to find themselves yeah. and to celebrate being them. Now, if then you choose that you want to be single yeah. because that's the state that you enjoy, that you are truly happy about that, yay, celebrate. Absolutely, because I mean, let's face it, happiness comes in lots and lots of different ways. Absolutely. <laughs> so changes I, over time and life and so on. So yeah, celebrate being happy. That's truly the case. It would be great, I think, to celebrate whichever stage in your life, whichever relationship state you happen to be in, um, to celebrate being you. Yes. Now I want to just go with lots of the women I meet that yes. I work with, they have this view about a relationship that I need a relationship and I need a man to look after me. I need a man to feel complete. Mm -hmm. It's true of men, but probably less so, certainly in my experience. And yet there are people that as soon as they become widowed, they launch into a relationship because better to be in a relationship than to be on your own. Well, I think there's a lot of that hang-up of, of the past that, that you were talking about earlier with regard to that, isn't there? That, um, that you know, there's a lot of conditioning that basically says if, if you haven't got a partner, then then you are missing something, you know? And, and I think that does does come a lot from our conditioning of the past and how our grandparents behaved and how, you know, and so on and so forth. But also there are social conventions. I mean, I, I've been single all my life. I haven't found my soul mate yet mm -hmm. but i'm open to it excellent um <laughs> but you'll go to weddings or mm -hmm. to events and you're on your own yes and it is a challenge yes unless there are other people that you know or that you're very extrovert and confident about speaking yes. to people you don't know yes those situations can be difficult and that's why i think also the bbc are taking a view of celebrating being single because that, you know, there is that aspect to being single yeah. that, that society at large doesn't make it very easy for you and you get questioned a lot. Some of the blogs and the, the yes. content around the BBC programme is, is sort of saying about how the pressure, particularly from a female perspective, um, of, you know, long-distant relation uh, uh, relatives basically saying to you, when are you going to get married? When are you? It's like the ultimate goal. And there's a lot of pressure going to restaurants to dine on your own, you know, yeah. all of these things. So I see, again, I, I understand why the, this word celebrate yes. is used in that context because 
you know, people shouldn't be made to feel strange just because they're on their own sitting down for a meal. No, and I'd like to think that that is something that's improving, particularly with the number of people who um, are working away, for example, and go and meet investors. Yeah. I think the celebrating who we are is, for me, very, very important. Because mm. if you don't celebrate being you, then... Um, it's difficult to expect other people to celebrate you as yes. you are. Yes. And you know, recognising that you are broken, that you are an amazing human being with many strengths and talents and so on, um, I think is, for me, a, an absolute um, must. And one of the big reasons for that is that every relationship we have with other people is a, a reflection of the relationship we have with us. So if you're prepared to settle for second best, that's probably because the relationship that you have with yourself is that you don't really value who you are. Yeah. Now, if your assumption is that being with somebody else means that you are complete, I, I've heard the, the phrase, I need a partner to complete me. Yeah, or I've heard somebody once say, I need to belong to somebody. Um, I think there's some work to be done around um, you know, recognising your worth as an individual. Oh. Now, then you can actually have a relationship with another individual who values themselves and you can have a truly loving and interdependent relationship. Yes. But that dependency on I need somebody to put my shelves up, to organise things, to um, to sort me out to um to yes. support me i think is a dangerous one because it's it puts you into the place of being completely subservient and dependent upon that person to be wholly you to be whole and, and of course what you're describing is somebody who's in a state of fear and a, and a mindset of lack absolutely yeah they think about all the things they can't do because they're fearful or fright you know frightened or, or yes. nervous about doing stuff uh, and then, so the obvious question is, to, so you want to get married just, just so that you have shelves put up occasionally? <laughs> well, I think you know you can pay people to come into your house and do that, don't you? <laughs> um, and I think you know, that's an interesting one because I think a lot of, of people, the, the, the being in a relationship is about financial security. Mm, oh yeah, I want yeah. someone to look after me. You know, running a household with one person mm. is not a lot different in cost to running a household with two people um, and I think there's a lot of throwback to the past where you know women it's not that long ago that women couldn't own their own um, money it was they were dependent upon yeah you went to bank accounts no <laughs> I mean it, it's in relatively recent times that that, that has changed yeah um, if you were wanted a, a, a mortgage or a loan you had to get your husband to sign mm -hmm. in the early days of credit cards women had to go and get their husband to sign to say that they would support the um the paying back yep. credit card because the assumption was that it was the man who was the major uh yep. credit yep. winner um uh, even in the um you know in my time that women were expected to be at home look after the children. Yes. Prior to the First World War, as soon as you were married, if you were 
a teacher or a nurse, you had to give up. Give up your job. You were not allowed to work. Yeah. The assumption was you would go into the home. Mm. And part of that was to look after the family, but part of that was that you were taking away a job from a man who was a breadwinner for a family. Mm. Now, that's changed, and many women, and you were in that situation, were the major breadwinner. Yeah. Um, so, so, um, so, again, you know, celebrating the, the shift in... Um, attitudes towards uh, independence and female emancipation in particular is definitely something. And I think that's probably what's underlying this, this uh, demographic change is that women are choosing not to enter that state um, as much as perhaps they did back when there was pressure. And the stats on divorce are, are still, I think, that most divorces are triggered by women. Yes. What's interesting to me is, is you look at the number of people who choose not to marry, mm-hmm. who are in very stable relationships, mm. but they do not choose to marry. Now, I'd be interested to know the statistics of within those relationships, how often one of the partners yeah. um, would like to be married, but that's not what's on offer. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if you, I was watching a, a, a program last night called Long Lost Family, and um, it's, uh, I think it's really heartwarming uh, in the sense that uh, researchers put people in touch with their birth parents. Oh, yes, yeah. okay, yeah. Now, there are many people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, perhaps a bit younger than that too, who were adopted because the stigma of having children outside marriage was so great. Yes. That they were forced by their parents, by society, to um, to have their children adopted. I'd like to think that that's not the case now. That you know, children are adopted for a number of reasons, but they sh- they don't need to be adopted because there's any stigma yeah. about being born out of wedlock. Yeah, exactly. And so many single women um, have children. Now, so long as those children are loved and nurtured and given every opportunity to develop into whole and um, vibrant and useful society, society, that's great. Um, So there there is lots to celebrate about the the removal of fear and pressure around being single. Yeah. But I think it, it would be disingenuous to not put the balance around for a large number of single people, they would choose, given the opportunity, yeah. to be in a loving relationship. Yes. Um, I really, really do believe that, um, with, with possibly some exceptions, but I think the vast majority of, of people, if they, if they could wave a magic wand yeah. and have their ideal partner uh, uh, and, and guarantee it's a silly scene to use, but guarantee a, a life of being seen and heard and loved and nurtured, that I very much doubt that, that people would choose to stay single if that was the other That option. was what was on offer, yes. I think a lot of people choose to stay single because they can't find that or haven't found that or they fear, yeah. for, whatever, for very valid reasons, they have fear around it. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think... The, the BBC has raised a very, very interesting point and, um, and, and I hope that they will start to sort of uncover yeah. and peel the onion in this way because I think there's a, there's a lot of subtlety 
and nuance within it. But I think if, if ultimately the BBC are saying, hey, let's celebrate the fact that nowadays we have choice and Absolutely. people are not settling for a, a mediocre relationship when they can be, you know, content to be on yeah. their own. I think, I think that is definitely. I think happiness is worth uh, it's really, and it's, I believe happiness is a choice. It's something mm. that we can achieve in, uh, you know, pretty well it's our choice on a daily basis. Even when horrible things are happening, mm. there are aspects of that day that one could be happy about. Mm. I think before we sort of close, I think one of the things that I'd just like to say to those who are listening, mm -hmm. watching, um, that however you are, wherever you are in your relationship game, mm -hmm. I think it makes sense to examine the relationship that you have with yourself. That mm -hmm. if you, for example, are you happy to spend some time in your own company? Mm -hmm. um, or do you dread the days that you're off because you're going to be on your own? And I've known many people who do anything rather than be on their own. <laughs> so are you content to be in your own company? Do you actually value all of your skills and attributes? And a very simple test is, if I asked you to write down a list of the things you don't like about yourself, mm -hmm. and then I asked you to write a list of all the things you do like about yourself, mm -hmm. which would you find easier? Well, probably the same. And my experience <laughs> with working with, uh, with people is that people can write dreams about what they don't yeah, like yeah. and what they'd like to change. But they often struggle to find even five things that they really admire and like about themselves. Yeah. And yet, if you ask them to talk about somebody else, they would be able to do that. Yeah. And so using the same criteria that you use for other people, use for yourself, no better. But no worse. Yeah. That you know, learning to, um, you know, if what you want is a, a partner who's going to organise events, who's going to spoil you, who's going to, um, who's going to do the heavy lifting, mm. then you have to question: Is that a good enough reason to settle for whoever you are with, or do you want something more? Because if you're settling for somebody who is just basically uh, your concierge, yeah. <laughs> um, then I think it's important that you question um, what you want out of a relationship. And, and the quality of happiness that you're achieving. Absolutely. And what you're giving up, because you're, while you're in that relationship, yeah. you can't then be open to another. And one of the things that you might like to do is to write a list of all of the um, core values, the attributes of your what you think of your ideal partner. Yeah. And have that list open over, uh, over a few days. And it should cover things like attitude to family, money, children, sex, everything. Yeah. And then with a highlighter pen, go through the list and highlight what's negotiable. Yeah. And what's not, because many relationships fall apart because the core values don't match. Yeah, you've got a, a great journal exercise to, of this. In Absolutely. Thriving, so thriving, if you? people are interested, or there's a whole program about having a better relationship with yourself called the relationship group. Yeah. Um, 
Now, then think about what do you need to be to be the ideal partner for that person? Mm. Because often people will idealize the partner that they want, yep. but then they're still not looking at who they are and how they are. Um, and they're not a match for that great partner. Yeah. So it has to be a two-way thing, interdependent, both people being prepared to be um, ready to work together. That, that um, phrase, be the change that you want to see in the world, is, is very true. In this Absolutely. case, so if you behave in a, in a yes. particular way, you will attract yeah. that kind of behaviour towards you. Yeah. So, you know, there's lots of help on the website, genuinely-new.com, um, the Relationship Bridge is all about relationships and how to work on yourself so you can be uh, the best version of you. Um, the Thrive Tribe is an ideal um, uh, membership group where you can be supported if you are aspiring for uh, something different in your life or mm -hmm. you want to work on yourself and your relationship and you want support help, validation, um, you'll find all of the details for that on the, the website. You'll also find both our books, The Point of Me, and my latest book, Thriving, Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, and you can get those off the website. You can get a digital download for free of Thriving, Not Surviving, genuinely-new.com. So thanks for joining us. Uh, love to know what you think. Go to the Genuinely You group, join it, uh, and let us know what you think. Um, that's on Facebook, um, and we look forward to seeing you next time. So genuinely-you.com. Thanks a lot, and see you next time. Bye-bye now. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years, of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled, and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-u.com today to find out more.